Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our very special guest, Brenda Florida. And today we're going to be talking about rebounding after setbacks and disappointments. Yep, getting back up, dusting yourself off, and carrying on. Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Brenda because she's a longtime entrepreneur who has gone from being a successful franchisee with Domino's Pizza to working in real estate, to Googling homeless shelters, to creating a successful and growing online practice as a certified life coach. There were many steps in between, uh, but that's part of the exciting journey that Brenda has had as an entrepreneur and her journey to embody queen energy. Oh, that's so incredible, I'm so excited. And Brenda is now a thriver as a writer, coach, and speaker because of the inner work she did, which inspires her to coach others to do the same. And that is just so inspirational, Brenda. We are so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Lynn, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Well, this is going to be an incredible conversation. I love the topic. And for anyone who's joining us for the first time, you know, take that moment right now to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and then you won't miss a single episode of Claim Your Career Crown. And while you're there, if you love the show and you love what we're doing, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Okay, so let's get to it. Um, Brenda, now, I know we gave a little bit of background, but I'd love to hear more about how you got into coaching and what that journey has been like. Yes. Well, thank you. And thanks again for letting me be here. So part of, since we started in the bio with the Domino's pizza thing, I'll give you a quick little background and then we'll jump fast forward into the coaching part. So I franchised with Domino's pizza with my husband at the time when I was very young. Like I was only 21 22. We'd been married a couple of years. I already had two kids. I did everything very early in life. And we had a very straight trajectory up with Domino's. It was a great time in that company's history and its unfolding and growth. And we we did so well by the time we were in our mid to late 20s, like we had already experienced so much success. We sold our stores thinking, Life would just always be that way. We were these successful entrepreneurs. And of course, the next thing we did would be a success. And, you know, of course it wasn't. And so that was my first setback was just sort of the shock of like, no, wait, you mean everything I do isn't going to work, you know? And so, and then, you know, the marriage had a lot of problems as well. And so that ended up being a fairly long, but downward spiral, which also is what got me into real estate. Um, I got into real estate partially because I was bored after we sold our Domino's franchise. And I had, even though I had four kids from zero to seven, I was intellectually bored. And I'm, you'll figure out here as we go along, I'm a very ambitious woman and always have been. And so like, it wasn't enough four kids. Right. And so I got into real estate and that trajectory was pretty you know, upwardly mobile without a lot of setbacks, you know, little ups and downs, did pretty well there. Then I decided to get into life coaching. Now, of course, I think my spiritual perspective is that everything happening in our lives is happening for our benefit and for our own growth. 
you know, so we can keep moving forward. Uh, and the real setback, the Googling homeless shelters, which for every anyone listening who has done that, like I, I am so with you and it is so painful to be so at the end of your resources and the end of your rope that that you're really facing that this was not a hypothetical Google. This was I, I think I had like $50 in my bank account, all the money I had to my name. Uh, I have no rich, you know, family or something that's waiting to bail me out. No big alimony checks. No, you know, nothing like that. Uh, the only good thing for me was my kids were grown. So at least I didn't have the added pressure of yeah. my kids being in that situation with me. But uh, and no place to live in two days. So I, I and with $50, you don't have any money to even get an Airbnb, yeah. you know. And so that was very real. Now, what happened for me? was I got a client that I didn't know, you know, within that 48 hours that, you know, the money came in and I booked that Airbnb. But, you know, I didn't know that when I was sitting there in my car Googling it. And so part of my message to all entrepreneurs or people, you don't have to be an entrepreneur for this to happen, is that we actually have within us so many resources. This is where I love your queen. You know, I, I love, love, love the queen as an archetype. And there's so much power that she has, even when it would seem like from the external circumstances, let's say, a, you know, an army has come to capture her kingdom or queendom um, that are really available to her including her own ability to trust in the unknown. Yeah. And I think in my path, I know in my path and this journey, because I had started my coaching practice, you know, so here I am a life coach. I invested so much money in myself, which is great, right? Theoretically in joining masterminds and taking all these programs on how to build a coaching practice. And until literally I was broke, used all my, credit, you know, all my available credit, gave up my apartment because I was afraid I would not, I could see that if things kept going, I wouldn't be able to pay the rent and I didn't want to get evicted because then, you know, you go on a list of having been evicted Um, because I've been in real estate. Like I knew what all that was about. So I gave up my apartment to go on this adventure thinking I'm going to Airbnb it and do a little couch surfing with friends and family for a few months thinking, well, surely I'm going, because I'm a good coach, even at that point, I knew I was good at what I was doing. And I knew I had the solid entrepreneurial skills. So I'm like, this is just a hiccup, like this is going to pick up tomorrow, you know, and I'm going to be okay. And then everything, nothing worked, all the best practices, all the everything, nothing worked. And at least now I have the ability to look at it in hindsight. I know that for me, for me, it was about the journey of going through that hardship of how do I Google a homeless shelter and not lose hope? How do I do that and still believe that even though I don't know how it's going to happen, money could come to me before I have to do that? And those are the deep 
practices of, you know, it's mindset work, it's feeling, it's how you feel. It doesn't just work to say I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy in my head, you know, <laughs> like you have to feel that possibility. That was the deep, deep work of the journey for me that brought me to the other side. And, and I wish I could say, oh, well, you know, now I'm a, you know, million dollar coach and there's just, you know, no worries anywhere. Not the case. I didn't win any lotteries. Nobody died and left me a bunch of money. I just slowly, month by month, dug myself, you know, just kept looking for the opportunities, kept in each month got a little better and a little better and a little better, you know, until now I have my own place two blocks from the beach, which is was always my dream was to live close enough to walk to the beach. And, you know, I had my stuff was in storage for almost three years. I mean, just to get my stuff out of storage and live with my own belongings was such a joy, you know, so yeah. I I came through on the other side as we all can, but man, it was slow and painful. It was almost it was three years. Like that's a that's a long time to be in a downward spiral spiral. You know, yeah. so part of my message is wherever you're at, it's as horrible as this may sound if you're in a bad spot, it's okay. And you can take that inner journey to trusting yourself to getting out of it one step at a time. Uh, yeah. I just talked for a long time. The one last thing I'll say, and then ask me whatever you want to ask me is that this is where I also learned the dynamic of how I was really projecting all my power onto other people instead of owning it like the queen I am needed to do, you know, that difference between talking about our power and really owning our power instead of projecting it onto my husband or the people I was working with in real estate or these really smart people I took all these masterminds from to, to really be able to own that I had the power to create my own business and I didn't need this external circumstance to make it possible for me. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that sense of what we do, you know, to build up our own business. And I'm really quite fascinated to learn more about, you know, because you've alluded to several of the things that you did, but I'd, I'd really like to hear more about what you, you did to build your business and what resources you leveraged. Yes. So I love to talk about this part I alluded to with the thought and the feeling piece. So one of the things I realized from the abundance standpoint, from the financial standpoint was that I just knew I had come far enough in my journey to know that worrying about how little money I had and how few resources I had was not going to help me get more resources. It was not going to help me show up on a Facebook live or, you know, whatever in the social, because as a coach, right, we're, I'm growing my online business primarily in social media. How am I going to show up or blogging for my email list and whatever? How am I going to show up and do that if I am drowning in fear and scarcity? So that's where I made that leap. And I, I say this a lot. There's such a big difference between an affirmation and something 
a, a mantra, I'll say, not that that's a super important word, but I'll just use it that way, that works. Because a lot of times we can say to ourselves, oh, you know, whatever, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. My business is growing, my business is growing. But if we can't feel the truth of that, if we can't conjure up an emotional state, a feeling state of, I am freaking abundant. I, sure, there's $50 in my bank, but abundance is more than that. I can bring in more than that. There are infinite possibilities. I would do it a lot by going to nature. So for about a year of this three-year period, closer to two maybe, I was in Southern California and I could get to the beach. You know, I can drive there. No, there, There's no charge for parking in the places I would go. <laughs> so as long as I had the gas money, I could get myself to the beach. And I would just walk the beach saying that, like conjuring up that feeling of abundance. Look at all the sky. Look at all the water. Look at all the palm trees. Look, there's abundant, the birds that, you know, all the things so that I could feel abundant not just say words over and over in my head. And so that's where a lot of times if you feel like your mantras or, you know, affirmations or however you think of them aren't working, it's because there's a disconnect between the head and the feeling state. Yeah. And it really takes bringing those two together in alignment before, for me, before I could cross over into the trust and out of the anxiety of fear, because when you're thinking it and feeling it, even though you've got external evidence that doesn't support it yet, the possibility of it feels so much more real. You can choose to live in that possibility. Does that yeah. make sense? Did I describe oh. that well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love your connection with nature. I mean, one of the things that I do as well is um, I actually love like trail walks and mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough to have a park really close by that has a, an, a, a short trail walk, but you can do this trail walk, you know, the round trip and, you know, 20 minutes. So okay. it is a short trail walk, but you're still, um, it, and it's the same thing. It's sort of like you get back in tune with, you know, breathing and letting your mind flow, but really looking at all the other things like, you you know, look at how green a, a leaf could be or how, you know, beautiful at this time of year, a twig looks that still has um, maybe an oak tree with an oak leaf still stuck to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, whatever that happens to be, but you're really tying into your your other senses you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that flow. So I definitely can make that connection. And mm -hmm. I also see that there's another connection that you've made, um, just not totally outright, but you've been talking about how you're going to overcome these self-limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, I, I truly believe that we all have those to some mm -hmm. extent or another, and we keep piling on bricks to reinforce that self-limiting belief. And yeah. instead, what we need to be doing is recognizing it is a self-limiting belief. And then what are the, the steps that we can take to first see that, to, to open mm -hmm. our eyes, to shift our viewpoint, and then to start taking those bricks down? Yes, yes, yes. Because part of the journey, for, you're right, part of that journey for me was 
how, because I have a very, uh, I love lofty ideas and big thinking and, you know, all that, the big ideas of all of it. But I'm also very pragmatic. So then I'm like, well, okay, exactly to your question a moment ago. Great. Let's talk. You can talk about abundance, but, but how do you really, like, how do you do that? How do you really recover? How do you really, you know, so I always want to get into that. And that's what actually took me eventually to birthing what now I call the solvent method, which we can talk about a little bit later. But it is that it's using our, it's really resources we already have is one thing I always like people to know. One, I work a lot with people pleasers. And so I'm sure a lot of your audience will relate to that where, you know, we just have grown up with these they really are limiting beliefs, but they aren't always identified that way. But it's this idea that my job really in life is somehow to just do for others, please others, make others happy, you know, keep groups of people happy, not rock the boat. Even when it hurts me, even when it's at my own expense, that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's a limiting belief. And it's very not queenly, okay? <laughs> um, and it's just a habit. One of the little transition I, transitions I was able to make in my own mind during this time was the sort of distinction between thinking, well, that's just who I am. This is who I am, okay? Which we all do that. To, wait a minute, maybe that's just a habit I picked up. Yeah. So I've been doing it for so long. I think it's who I am. But is it really, you know, and really being able to challenge myself, not in an unkind way. One thing I want to say, whenever we are in judgment or criticism of ourselves, yeah. that is never the path, right? Yeah. That is never leading us to our next breakthrough. That's leading us to another downward spiral. But yeah. when I'm in my queen energy, yeah. I can see it all. When I'm in my divinity, when I'm connected to the deeper place of truth within me, whatever words anybody likes to use for that, we really we know in there somewhere deep inside that we right. have everything we need. We just might need somebody else to help us find it because our habits have hidden it from us. Right. So in my habit of people pleasing, I didn't realize, like, I really feel like I had any personal power. Right. I yeah. had ambition and I had drive and I was a hard worker and I could do, 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 do. So I relied on those things. But that's not where my genius really is. Who I am is deeper than that, and it never leaves me. Does that, did I answer your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I do think that there, that's that part of that awakening. Um, mm -hmm. And then also sometimes you do, you need that guide. I mean, for me, a big part of that was learning how to say no, you know, this constant yes. um, and, and to, to just literally, um, I call it a powerful pause, but just stop. And take that moment to pause and think and say, you know, because you can say no gracefully. Yes. And, um, and you know, and, and when you're, a, you know, like, same thing. I, I wouldn't call myself a pleaser, but a giver. Okay. Um, then you have to still stop and say, no, I can't 
give, give, yeah. give, because there's yeah. going to be nothing left to your exactly. point. Exactly. <laughs> I have to have some me time. I get to watch my rom-com tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever I, it is. It, whatever it is. Right. And, and also um, to some point you have to say no to things that aren't really going to serve, you know, the, your, your purpose or where that your journey um, where you can see that roadmap is headed. There are yeah. times that, um, it's just the timing isn't right. Um, yeah. and, and it's like, oh man, this would be so amazing to do this, but it, it, am I just spreading myself too thin? And mm -hmm. sometimes you do have to say no to things that could be a great opportunity. And yeah. I know that recently the same thing. I mean, I had opportunity to, to get onto the win-win women network, um, you know, back several, well, obviously several months ago and everything. And, but I just realized that the amount of bandwidth that would, would take, mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And it was sort of like, well, what am I going to, what do I, and it's, you know, sometimes you have to definitely think like, well, just because I'm giving something up, you're getting a whole bunch in return. But in that mm -hmm. situation and looking at everything, I was just like, that's just something that's not right for me at this point in time. Yes. And yeah. taking that moment, because I was like, all for it. And I literally was ready to sign up and I went, wait, stop, <laughs> hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. And I got to think about this. You know? yes. And so, and I think that um, that could be really play into this idea of, uh, or your, um, it's not really an idea, but it's really that concept and how you can adopt this abundance mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'd love to hear more about that because it's just not enough to, to say, Hey, I've got all this, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm liberated now. So mm -hmm. um, why don't you dive in a little bit deeper? Cause I'd love yes. to hear more. So one thing that, so there's several different things I um, do. One of the things that I like to do is to remind myself that I don't need a particular circumstance in order to create something and neither does anybody else. I'm not unique in this, right? We all really can create out of nothing and we've done it over and over. But when we've had setbacks, it's very hard to remember that we have that power of creation that I don't need, that I could just, I could wake up with a good idea tomorrow. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know today that that's what's going to happen, but it, it can happen as simply as that, you know? Yeah. And so being able to, again, get in a state, so a feeling state that has thoughts that match it of, wait a minute, I've done this before. And that's a lot of it. So one thing I would say, again, super pragmatic, but um, we'll go with this non-sexy part, right? Um, <laughs> our mind just wants to be right. That's it. Like that's as simple as mindset is. It wants to be right all the time. So as soon as we have the setback or the failure, whether it's it could be minuscule or huge, you know, right away the mind is thinking, you know, the mindset piece kicks in and you have all these thoughts. Oh my gosh, it's happening again. Or how am I going to recover? Um, 
it's telling you, reminding you of other failures. Oh, remember when this happened, that happened. Because you're in failure mode and your mind wants to be right. So yeah. it's going to dismiss every success you've ever had. Those things are not going to exist. So almost like it's a two-year-old. I mean, sometimes it's kind of this simple, but not that it's easy. I would just have to say, like, stop it, you know, and I would really catch myself with that and say, this is not this is not helping me. Reviewing every time I've slipped and fallen is not going to help me. Wait a minute. I, I must have had some successes in my life. <laughs> what were they? When did I get what I wanted? Because that's also a thing that usually comes with a lack of abundance or any sort of setback is you feel there's something around. You might use different words than I'm using, but something around. I don't get what I want, you know, yeah. and it feels very you feel very victimized by your circumstances. So the way out is to to get out of that and feel powerful possibility, po possibility and power kind of go hand in hand without that. So then I would just make, and I've done this with clients. I would say like, go write a list of 50. It needs to be a lot because it gets us out of, you know, into a new mindset, things that you're really good at. Yeah. Or if they're having a personal, like a self-esteem plummet, forget any like talent or skill. I don't care if you're a good cooker. I want you to tell me 50 awesome things about who you are. Okay. Yeah. So it pick, making yourself, because then the mind's going to want to prove that right. Once it gets down a track, you know, it's like the neural pathways in our brains. Once we start working on a new path, oh, it's going to want to go there. It's gonna, oh, yeah. And remember that and remember that and remember that because it just wants to be right. So we need to give it an assignment that being right is going to serve us instead of continue to hurt us. Yeah. No, I mean, it does. It does. It's really, I love the perspective because um, when I come at things, I sort of turn it a very different way. And uh, as an example, when we did our first course that we launched, no one bought it. And, you know, yeah, you could say it was a complete flop, you know, but I took this step back and I said, okay, well, what did we learn from this? I mean, we've gained a whole lot of experience. We've done this now. We've, we've mm -hmm. cracked the code and mm -hmm. how can we leverage what we learned and how can we use it? And so yes. that's one of the things that um, I guess for me, and I, I think that's one reason like the movie Captain Marvel really sort of hit it for me hard because she, she keeps falling or get, wrecking her yes. go-kart or, you know, and she picks herself up and she's going, I'll do it again. I'm going to go at it again. Yes. And that, that, and it's, and of course, every time we can do that and we can go, okay, it's like, for me, it's also like putting back in our mind, well, how did we ever learn how to ride a bike? <laughs> I don't yes. know about you, but I had the chin, skinned knees, hands, chin, yes. but I kept getting back on that bike and I tr yes. do something a little different and it didn't take that long. And we were riding our bike all over the yeah. neighborhood, going to see yeah. my friends, doing little activities together, right? And mm -hmm. so as adults, I think that's one part of that neural pathway that we start to um, 
block is that mm-hmm. that ability to that we have to we have to fail we have mm-hmm. to fall down we have to skin our chin sometimes mm-hmm. so that we can figure out how to do it better and not skin our chin yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what i love about how you communicated that is all your language there was very full of you know possibility and positivity uh, and when, so that's how we know because the other trick the mind will play when it's in a criticism judgment downward yeah. spiral is as if somehow being super critical is what's going to help you find the right way to do it next time or a better way. That's how you're going to learn your lesson, right? Because we get that a lot. We get punished. We got to learn our lesson, get spanked, you know, all this little kid stuff. And I was raised in a fundamentalist religious environment that was very punitive. And so there, we get this idea that we have to be hard on ourselves, that we have to have that judgment or we're going to make the same mistake again. And actually, none of that is true. We really, where there is a lesson to be learned, where there is something we could, you know, do differently next time, whatever, all those things, they, they really come to us when we're seeing the scenario with, through compassion and that and a possibility so the question is that well where did we screw up so we did so we don't screw up again right it's what you said it's like well how can we leverage this well now we've done it we never we'll never have to launch our first course again you know <laughs> and that will take you to an idea then maybe totally out of the blue or in the shower that night you know you're like oh i could this you know, yeah. that's what that gives birth to. Whereas that other neuro pathway of judgment and criticism and harshness that says it's there to help you, that's the big lie. Yeah. It is not, it's there to keep you stuck in the mindset and the place you have been. So you can keep struggling with that same setback over and over, whether it has a different face or not, you know, you just keep struggling through it again. When we can meet ourselves in love and compassion, then we can actually look at it and go, oh, okay, I probably should pivot on this or do, you know, like whatever. It's coming from possibility, not you big screw up. What are you going to do now? You know, (laughs) and that's a huge, it's a big shift. It's harder to, it's easier to say than it is to do. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why I appreciated, you know, your approach to that. And in fact, the course has turned out to help many people, um, turned yeah. it into a, a, a free course. And so in that way, you know, we're helping others and mm-hmm. feel great about it and they become fans. And um, yes. so it's a beautiful thing and you have to look, it's not just looking for that silver lining. It's recognizing that it's always there. It's just sometimes yeah. it's hard to see, but it yeah. is always there. And if you're not seeing it, then, you know, Go on a go to the beach, take a nature yeah, walk, whatever it is. Walk whatever. <laughs> and yes. I think this ties into what you call your solve it method, because that probably is going to yes. help you see that there is a possibility, there's abundance, there is that silver yes. lining, uh, so yeah. that you can move forward. And I'd love to hear how that works. Yes. So the solve it method really just came out of my own kind of self-coaching, right? That after I had done it with myself, then I naturally started doing it with other clients. 
And then later, like a year later, I realized there was actually a process I was doing, you know, and I could name it. And it was like, oh, this is what I'm doing, you know. So it has four components or you could think of them as lenses, okay, to look at any problem that you're having. And I use the word problem loosely. It covers everything. It could be I don't feel seen and heard in my marriage. I just, you know. Google homeless shelters, it could be anything, okay? But whatever feels like the problem, the setback, the whatever. And you look at it through the four lenses of desire, thoughts, feelings, and action, okay? So, and and they don't, it's not a hierarchy, it doesn't matter which way you go through them, you know, all of that, but um, the point being, I had, for instance, when I'm having all these setbacks financially and everything I'm trying in my coaching business isn't working, I could go back to desire and say, okay, wait a minute, is a private online coaching practice still what I want? Is it really the desire of my heart? And what I had done in an effort, I loved when you were talking about saying no. So it, it, So I totally agree that we have to say no to certain opportunities because that's the only thing allows us to say yes to something else that maybe we don't even know about yet, you know, but, but what the other way that it came into play for me, the yes part was I started saying yes to whatever clients showed up, right? I mean, I can't even afford a place to live. And what happened was I ended up taking on one business client, you know, a creative entrepreneur, coach, and they're usually very disorganized and they have a hard time staying on track and whatever. And I'm very organized and detail oriented and all these things. So I'm like, sure, I can organize your business. I can get you focused. I can, you know, and then another one showed up and and all of a sudden I'm, my coaching practice has evolved into my ideal client being creative entrepreneurs. So even that I had to say, wait a minute, is that my desire? Is that, so it's not just enough to ask, is a coaching practice my desire? Yes. And that felt very true for me. But then I had to drill down because something was still wrong. Right. So I had to drill down and say, now, wait a minute. I think what might be wrong is I'm not loving my clients. Actually, I'm not loving the work I'm doing with them. I'm good at it, but I don't love it. You know, so then I had to say no to that, which opened the door to really articulating people pleasers, which opened all kinds of other doors. But I didn't know that when I started letting those business clients go. And so that was scary. But so you have to desire is sometimes a little more you know, difficult than it sounds on the surface as people pleasers. Uh, and this happens all the time with married people. It happens with business partners. We can take on somebody else's desire as if it's our own when it's not. So anyway, there's things to look at with desire. There are things to then look at with your thoughts. And just so this doesn't get confusing, let's say I'm spot on with my desire. I've gotten on track. My desire is a coaching practice focused on people pleasers as my client, you know, because I've been on that journey and I I got that. And um, so I've got that but I'm having all kinds of thoughts. 
that are, it's not going to work. It's not going to work fast enough. It's not, you know, then you got to anal- yeah. find those thoughts that are getting in your way that are the limiting beliefs that are, I don't get to, that's where I found. And I didn't know this was there. That's where I realized that in truth, the other times in my life I was successful. I really emotionally and mindset wise gave the credit to the men that I was either married to or that I just happened when I worked in real estate, I usually men are usually the brokers. Yeah. It just happens to be a highly white male environment. And I really was giving them the credit instead of myself. So there's this digging into the thoughts that are yeah. not helping you, which helps you find new thoughts that can help you. Okay. Right. And then there's the feelings because thoughts and feelings are never, they're like kissing cousins. They're always right next to each other. You don't have thoughts without feelings. You don't have feelings without thoughts. So where are my feelings dragging me down? And then what feeling states do I need to create so that I can feel abundant instead of poor? Right. Right. Okay. So those two go together. We have to look at that. And then the other piece is action. And actually action is the place where you people often will find their problem because they're not taking the action they need to take to get the result they say they want. And so a lot of people, right, they'll come to us for coaching because this problem is something they're not doing or they can't do it consistently or they can't make it happen. Some kind of action oriented piece. And that ends up being really the opening to, oh, well, then let's look at the desire. Is it yours? Is it something a little different? Is it if once we get the desire in place, then it's only our thoughts and our feelings that are taking us off track from the action we need to make it happen. So you got to look at all four of them kind of separately. And then they all kind of when you're in alignment, it's like they all lock together and create this beautiful, um, you know, I don't, I don't know the metaphor right there, but a beautiful thing. It's like all the petals of the flower, you know, spread and open. And it's like, Oh, this all works now, you know? And so it's a super powerful process. And I do have it. I created it as a program too, besides the fact that I use it all the time when I'm coaching, but I did a digital course for it because I'm like, this is actually something people can do themselves. And I know that when I was in these three years where I was hurting, so I needed one of my big lessons was to ask for help. Right. You know, and I needed things at all sorts of different price points because I didn't have money to spend on a lot of expensive coaching, but I needed help. So I like in my own offerings to have things that are inexpensive to be, you know, I've had people I've ended up coaching for almost nothing because they just had that, you know, true need because people did that for me. And I like to give back, you know, when somebody's really suffering and I can tell they're the kind of person I can help, you know, to do that because asking for help is a really powerful thing that most of us especially if you relate to being a pleaser or a giver, we're not accustomed to doing. And so that's, I think, another big piece. Right. 
Yeah. No, I, I really appreciate what you're you're saying. And I agree. That's so important. And I this solve method is really brilliant. So for anyone who's listening here and they're they've recently experienced a failure or a setback, you know, they flipped off that rope, you know, climbing <laughs> up this or their flip their go-kart and Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. What's the first step that they can take to get back on track? I love the idea of looking at desire of okay. just sort of a reset for and allow yourself. Like I like to think if I had amnesia, you know, if I got hit in the head and I knew nothing about my history, nothing about what I've done, nothing that I think I like or don't like, right? I'm a clean slate. It's that the Buddhists would call it the don't know mind, you know? What would I want to do? What would make me happy? So you got to be careful in that, not what's expected of you, what not what yeah. somebody else needs from you. None of that. Just get to yourself. And it may that maybe the only thing you can think of, like there were days it was just like, I'll, I'll, I could just have to walk on the beach. I don't know. I have no idea what I want in the grand scheme of things. But getting my feet in the sand will feel good. Then just go do that and trust that as your feet are in the sand, something else will open up and open up. We all have a tendency to want to see way down the road. You know, and what are the next 20 steps so I can plan for those, you know? And the truth is, especially when we've had a setback or any extended period of difficulty, right. we got to bring right. that vision way in. What do I need right. in the next five minutes? You know, what can I think of that would make me happy? That isn't destructive. Okay. That isn't destructive. <laughs> So having three bottles of wine might make you might sound like it would make you feel happy, but it won't. Uh, yeah. So, you know, those things that are just like, ooh, I want to call this person and have a chat. I don't want to talk about I would tell my children, don't ask me how I'm doing, like how's the business or how, you know, whatever, because, of course, my kids, they're all adults. They're all doing really well in their lives. They're super worried about their mom, right? They, they don't really know all the details until they listen to this podcast, but they know it's been bad. And so I, but I would just say, don't ask me that. I'll tell you if I need some help with something or if I want to talk about it, but much like a person who has a, you know, difficult diagnosis or a terminal diagnosis, yeah. you just don't want everybody asking you all the time because you don't want to tell the story. You don't want to lie. Or I didn't. I want to be like, oh, it's great. You know, I have no clients, <laughs> you know. So I, but I didn't want to talk about it because that wasn't going to help me get my next client. Right. You know, so being able, again, very queenly to set your boundaries and say, you know, let if this topic, uh, you know, let me bring it up. If I don't bring it up, please don't ask me. I appreciate. I know you love me and you care but that's, what's going to be the most helpful to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a great, great piece of advice. And uh, I would absolutely concur. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you, Brenda, so much for sharing about your journey, mm -hmm. so much about your personal vulnerability and, and how you've gotten where you are and how others can overcome setbacks and ultimately thrive. That's so powerful. I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about where they can find out uh, more about you. 
Yes, thank you. Um, I have loved our conversation. So the two easiest ways, my website is very simple to remember because it's my name, brendaflorida.com. And it has everything from my podcast to the Solve It Method to, you know, everything is there on my website. And then on Instagram, I'm Brenda Florida Coach. So you just have to remember to put the coach after it. But Brenda Florida Coach on Instagram, brendaflorida.com is my website. And everything is in those two places. All right. Perfect. And we'll be sure to include all those links below so that they're a click away. And uh, for everyone who joined us, thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope you had a fantastic time with this inspiring episode with Brenda. And if you have ideas that you'd like to share, you can leave us a comment down below. We love hearing your thoughts. And if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for discussion, you can email us at join the conversation at petitequeen.com. And of course, to stay current on all of our incredible resources, the uh, everything that we do, including these incredible episodes, like the one with Brenda today, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com. Thank you again for everyone who's tuned in. And Brenda, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible, inspiring, um, wow, just like life affirming. <laughs> episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you and with your listeners.